Welcome to OK Stupid, a guide to self-sabotage in the world of online dating. The names have been changed throughout this story. I should have changed my own. Hello, welcome back to another episode of OK Stupid, a guide to self-sabotage in the world of online dating. All right, this is episode three. I hope you like the first two episodes. I don't know because I'm recording this before episode two is up, but I think episode two is great. You? No? What? Just talking to myself here, aren't I? Great. All right. All right, let's, let's start. Part two. Let me try that again. Part two. Matchmaking throughout human history. All right, so part one recap. That was me accepting failure. A long-term relationship died and... My friend Kurt convinced me to try online dating and I got into it and started sending crazy messages because what else was I going to do? So now part two, matchmaking throughout human history. Based on yet to be on earth cuneiform tablets or some other weathered looking tablets, matchmaking is as old as tablet making. Take two tablets of your choosing, wash it down with something that burns like gasoline and strap yourself in for chapter two. You can read it on your tablet. Or you can just listen to it in your earphones. Cans. The ancient writing that exists in my imagination contained a personal ad placed by a mother looking to arrange a little nookie for her son. People were much more liberated in the time before pants. Mom, the first matchmaker, listed her son's qualifications as being fully upright and familiar with the wheel. She had to resort to this new method after her previous encouragements had failed. I imagine the transaction went something like this. Grunt Jr., you look lonely. I was down at the watering hole today. Goddamn saber-toothed shitting everywhere. Anyway, I met the offspring of Mrs. Rock Smasher. You know, the one with the uniform, straight teeth. Don't be like that. She's a nice girl. You should club her, drag her to a nice spot, and show her that thing you can do with your thumbs. I have a weird imagination of... Anyway. We've been led to believe that primitive man employed the services of matchmakers for the following reasons. One, a potential suitor had more than one choice and became overwhelmed. Two, some dummy kept choosing the wrong mates. The first item is the stuff of men's magazines fantasies. An overabundance of mates does not result in panic or confusion that requires some third-party assistance. It's not like becoming temporarily catatonic when confronted with the fluorescent hues of the cereal aisle at your local supermarket. Oh, what do I choose? What do I have a coupon for? Will this one give me diabetes? No, no. If you have the option to have numerous mates, you choose them all. At least, that's what the 12-year-old boy living inside of me thinks. And he also likes the cereal with marshmallows. The second is the hot little spark at the center of the matchmaking industrial complex. The military industrial complex, the prison complex, the Oedipal complex are harmless. Unless you're Freud, then just, oh, tell me, how does that make you feel to be dead and Austrian? Basically, okay, so the military industrial complex, the prison complex, the Oedipal complex are harmless compared to the soothsayers of matchmaking. The matchmaking industrial complex is an insidious beast that plays on your fears that you'll become the neighborhood cat lady or a guy that wears sweatpants. Only sweatpants. 
If you're covered in cat fur and most of your clothes are sauce colored, you've probably already been pushed out the brown end of the IMC. Fear of being alone stems from that first boy-girls party you went to in junior high. The other kids had matched up and you were left standing next to Hubert. You know, the kid with the glazed face. Couldn't his mom, like, send him out with a travel pack of tissues? The other kids went to play spin the bottle and you were left with Hubert and his sticky toys. Fast forward a decade and your friends are engaged or married and you're on Facebook learning that Hubert is the leader of a cult and has 11 Playboy bunnies as wives. This fear is what the matchmaking industrial complex feeds on. Plus, we've become antisocial and flabby. Yay, technology. Simple things like hailing a taxi are now an app. Too fat to raise your arm and whistle? There's an app for that. Want to order a pizza, but find dialing and using the magic of human speech too burdensome? Click some button and your pizza is on its way. Welcome to the future where the grossness of mundane human interaction is replaced by the sterile environment of your computer. On second thought, what are those smudges on the screen? Surrey, what is this green smear? Surrey, H hello? Don't think you're part of the problem? Go look in the mirror. I'll wait here, go. Go look in the mirror right now. Did you get dressed in the dark? Look at that, come on. Who has the time or unlimited supply of Purell required to meet new people in the real world? It might have worked for the human race for millennia, but most of those people are dead. Isn't it easier to scan an online profile and decide if someone is worth talking to based on a series of lies they've concocted? Just 10 years ago, looking through a catalog of women was strictly the purview of dodgy uncles looking for mail-order brides. Now, thanks to the internet, everyone is encouraged to shop for love. I was shopping. A new profile, lollipopper face. She wondered what Jesus would be like as a friend. I sent her this message. Hi. I think Jesus was a prankster. We know about the water into wine gag, but have you heard the one about the wine into ketchup? They left that story out of the Bible. Read closely, especially the Old Testament, the Bible reveals itself as nothing more than a bunch of pranks. I'm dead. Nah, just kidding. In his downtime, he was working on a new line of designer footwear. What do you think he was doing? She didn't reply. All right, let's go back to that first matchmaking scene I invented. You know, the one with Grunt Jr. All right, so... Grunt Jr. didn't like Mrs. Rocksmasher's daughter, and he preferred the hair-twirling styles of the Scrunchy family's daughter. The Scrunchy family, named after a sound one of their ancestors made while bending at the waist, had no redeeming values and would have made a terrible mother to the offspring of Grunt Jr. Without the intervention of Grunt Jr.'s mom, he wouldn't have approached the Rocksmasher girl, and humanity would have had to await another millennium for straighter teeth. 
The mother's no best school of matchmaking is tried and true and annoying because she's not the boss of me. If your mother is similar to mine, she wants you to date someone that is just like her. Well, more like the shiny, happy, pure self she imagines she was before your father soiled her. Over time, matchmaking became institutionalized and mysterious. It was no longer the sole purview of thoughtful parents. The time had come for the professionals to get involved. Good MBA graduates. That's what we need. By professionals, I mean hucksters. Hindu astrologers read the stars to find you a match. I was born on a Thursday in October in the mid-70s. The brightest star in the sky that night had burnt out roughly 700 million years ago. Was that the reason I didn't go to prom? Crap like that's easier to believe than the truth, which is that a crippling fear of the barbershop led me to cut my own hair. It wasn't pretty. My classmates raised money for me to get a real haircut. I took their money and bought gum. A lot of it. In early Catholic societies, the village priest would assign couples to be together. Yeah, who thought to assign the guy that has never kissed anyone to be in charge of relationships? Uh, you two get together and beget some future parishioners, they'll beget some more. And uh, the plate's coming around again. Dig deep. And remember, no begetting until God approves. He'll be afraid to approve anyone on the 7th of May. The Ashkenazi Jewish tradition involved a Shadchan who made women dress poorly and sing songs from Fiddler on the Roof. At least, that's how I think it worked. I don't know, I never saw that movie and my Jewish friends are no help. I'm kidding, I don't have any Jewish friends. <laughs> the Catholics, Jews, Hindus, Zoroastrians, Rotarians, and every other cultural group have their own secret sauce for matchmaking. Unlike blacksmithing, that can be taught to anyone regardless if their last name is Smith, matchmaking is a secret knowledge that was traditionally combined to one family. How did that family gain this secret knowledge? I don't know, maybe the angel Moroni came to them in a vision and bestowed this wisdom. Or maybe at their origin, one of them just got lucky when she introduced her son, Junior Rock Smasher, to a nice girl that he settled down with. Look how happy Junior is. I think I have a knack for this. Mother Rock Smasher said. Her husband didn't hear any of that because he was too entranced by his neighbor's dowsing rod. Man, he's got the 42-inch dowsing rod. Wonder how many wells he can dig. By the time we enter our 30s, society expects us to settle down, get married, start having a family. I felt this pressure on my 30th birthday as well. Thankfully, my girlfriend at the time told me that I didn't want children. It's true. There are 8 billion of us on the planet. Am I the only one pulling out? Look, I'm not one of those sociopaths that hate kids. Kids are hilarious. I have five nieces and nephews, and they are awesome. As a bonus, I have never changed a diaper. My brothers would be like, oh, maybe Uncle Anthony wants to change a diaper. Uh, no. Uncle Anthony does not want to change a diaper. My job as an uncle is to rile your kids up, sneak them sugar, teach them age-inappropriate phrases, and leave. Kids are like puppies. Like, 
They're fun and cute, and I'm not going to pick up their poop. And the thing is, according to society, I'm wrong. My view is frowned upon. As an adult or someone adult-sized, I'm expected to have a family. I'm just I'm not really adult-sized. More like petite man-sized. Large boy. Whatever. Now, not wanting kids dramatically lowers your dating prospects. Pokey and Dots 5 was looking for a badass slash gentleman. Her main selling point was that she could choose the best oranges with her eyes closed, is what I sent her. Hi, I have a degree in badassery. It's truly amazing what the American educational system will let you get away with these days. So yes, I am a badass and a scholar. With the right motivation and a comfortable humidity level, I can play the role of a gentleman. How do you choose the oranges? By feel, smell, divine intervention? She replied, Finally, my messaging technique was working. Here's what she wrote. Hmm, you seem to focus intently on temperature and climate. That's interesting. Choosing oranges is all nature-based. My friend told me that I picked the best oranges. They could have been lying to me. Maybe it's all false advertising. What kind of oranges do you like? Okay, look, what kind of oranges do I like? I thought there was only the orange kind of oranges. I didn't reply. I didn't want to get sucked down into her weird citrus cycle. Alcohol. Could I, with the terror alert set to chartreuse, bypass the internet and enter the dating scene? Not a chance. But... I have to fill out some more pages of this book, so I'll explore that a little bit more. Okay, Let's review the bar scene. Using the bar scene as a dating pool has a number of problems. One, you need to be cool. Sober, I'm not cool. Drunk, I'm loud. Loud and uncool was not going to get me far. On the plus side, with the right amount of alcohol, I become an excellent dancer. I dance like somebody auditioning for Muppets on Ice, which I think is excellent. The bar scene is just a war of attrition. If you drink enough and stick around to last call, you might be able to take someone home with you. That approach is guaranteed to be a memorable experience that you can retell at AA meetings. Alcohol is a powerful matchmaker, but like crack, its powers are limited. I went out one night solo. No need to join the herd of my single friends as they prowled the bars. It was not in my head to get laid that night. I mean, that's an important factor in having sex. If you think about sex in any way, women can smell it. It smells like that unlabeled container in the fridge. I'm out solo. I go to see this famous jazz musician that was performing with the Italian version of Captain Beefheart. Can't remember his name. Good stuff. Music, a love of mine since as long as I can remember, was on my mind. That was it. The opposite sex was closer to number three on my priority list. It was number one was music, two was food, third was women. Fourth was my weird hair, and fifth was women. I don't know, for some reason, my hair that day decided to go sideways. It literally went sideways and sprouted a wing on the right side of my head. 
I look like half a flapper girl. At the show, I started talking to a woman, also solo, while I was waiting online for tickets. She told me that the main performer, the Italian guy whose name I can't remember, Caber something, I don't know, was her favorite. She said that my hair was really cute. Did I mention she wore uh, Coke bottle glasses and was cross-eyed? Yeah, it was, uh, it, it was hardly noticeable when she had her glasses on. By the time her glasses came off, I was blasted. Alcohol is not a good dating service for me. Top five things men and women look at on an online dating profile. This ain't in the real world. The first thing women notice about a man are his shoes and his watch. I'm not sure why anyone would still wear a watch, and frankly, it's too hot out there to wear pants, let alone shoes. I surveyed half a person to see what are the top five things that women and men look at when viewing an online dating profile. What a man looks at. Pictures. Age. Location. Pictures. If they're online now. No surprises there. Men are shallow and simple. The number one thing women can do to improve their dating profiles is remove all photos of their cats. Now on to the better sex. What a woman looks at. Income, height, education, grammar, pictures. When asked why pictures are not the first thing that women look at, they responded that most guys look like shit in a photo. They don't wear a shirt when most of them should wear a shirt, even in a swimming pool. The number one thing men can change to improve their dating options is to become taller. My name is Reg Ferguson. I'm doing the VO. I have a watch, shoes, shirt, and I'm 6'2". <laughs> All right, school. Bar scene, not good for me. What about school? Should I go back to school? I tried this once before. After college, I moved from New York to California, and I didn't know anybody out in California. So I figured because it was easy to approach women in college, I'll go take a class. It worked before. I was a lazy student, and this time around was no different. After about spending about 10 minutes flipping through a course catalog, I enrolled in Intro to Graphic Design. My employer was more than happy to pick up the tab, which I thought was swell. My employer was Apple, and they had hired me to be, among other things, a graphic designer. No one questioned why I felt it was necessary to take an introductory course to something they were already paying me for, um, I believe this oversight was the result of the off-gassing of the candy-colored IMAX, but, you know, that or too much sunshine. California makes you dumb, like, especially Northern California. It's, they're just, they're nice people. They're kind of damp. They're damp. So anyway, on the first day of class, I show up with my pencils, rulers, a sketchbook, and the desire to meet a lady. The universe sat Gretchen behind me. After three classes, I lost the internal argument I was waging. Ask her out. Ask her out. She'll never say yes. What are you, a wimp? Yes, I am a wimp. Now leave me alone. Ask her out or else. You know how much I hate the or else. It's almost as bad as the what if. This is what was going on inside my brain. I decided to ask her to coffee. I don't drink coffee. It makes me crazy. Class ended and I watched her walk into the nearest coffee shop. 
<laughs> I walked home. The next class, we chatted some more. Somehow we exchanged phone numbers in case one of us missed a class. Regardless of her confused feelings towards coffee, I knew this was a sign. The sign was that I told her where I worked. At that moment, she became interested in me. Some guys drive a fancy car. I wore nerdy Apple t-shirts. I waited a couple days and then called her. Hi, um, it's Anthony um, from class, graphic design class. Um, yeah, I learned to communicate by studying the pimpled-faced dork in bad teenage movies. Uh, I'm working from home on Friday and uh, wanted to know if you um, wanted to um, get lunch. Um, as I retell this story, I can feel the fear slop just cascade over me. She said, hi, yeah, great. I know a place we can meet. She told me the details. I danced the jig of success. Great. So Friday comes and we meet at the cafe she chose. I was on a date. A lunch date, but it was a date. I started off our conversation simply. Do you come here often? I ran this question in my head before I put it out in the real world to make sure I wouldn't screw up and say something like, Do you like me often? Do you come here often? It was simple. It was to the point. It was the conversational equivalent of sliced bread. Do you come here often? was simple and to the point. She replied, and this is a direct quote, Oh yeah, I come here all the time with the man I'm dating. What? You're dating a man? You're dating... How the hell can I compete with a man? I let her pay the bill. A couple months later, I saw Gretchen with her man. They were standing down the street from me, and he was all man. Cowboy hat, cowboy boots, faded jeans, a Winston hanging from his mouth. I wanted to date him. That wraps up another episode of OK Stupid. I want to thank Julie Katakis and Reg Ferguson for lending their voices. You can find out more about them at julieisalone.com and Reg the Comic. Also this week, I want to thank my sponsor, Marcy Raider. Uh, Marcy is a personal trainer for road warriors. You can go to her website, marcyraider.com, M-A-R-C-E-Y-R-A-D-E-R.com. Sign up for her free six-part video series on health and productivity hacks for travel. Do it now. Thank you.